I V M. Hi, welcome to another episode of a show about crypto. Joining me today is Ramesh Kailasam, CEO of India Tech. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. Kailasam, we have been talking over the last couple of weeks uh, about the new proposed crypto bill that is supposed to come into parliament very very soon. We had a bunch of different episodes planned, but all of them got thrown out of the window the second this bill was announced because it seems to be the only thing anybody cares about in this space currently. Some updates for our listeners before we get to this conversation. Uh, if you're listening to this a few months from now, I'm sorry, bear with us. If you're listening to this immediately the week it's released, Uh, since the last week that we had the conversation, a few things have become a little clearer about the crypto bill. It has not yet been introduced in the parliament while the session is on. There have been certain clarifications on the subject by the finance minister, and markets seem to have rebounded already. With all those three things kept in uh, mind, Mr. Kailasam, my first question is: um, the finance minister seems to have clarified that the bill that should enter parliament at this point is not the same as the 2019. draft bill do you see this as a positive sign and uh, if so or if not why would you say that's the case well i would say it is a positive sign and that's what we have been tracking since february i mean if you recollect back uh, post the lifting of the ban by the supreme court and then subsequently there was this brief period where everything was i mean you had nothing as a roof and then mm-hmm. suddenly february we heard about a possible bill and the banning thing kind of being talked about and that's when we decided actually to engage with the industry and come out with an alternative narrative on the table which didn't exist till then uh, because right. everybody was talking it at, as a currency so we put this alternative narrative we came out with this detailed white paper where we tried to address concerns of not the industry but the government because right. we found that that was the area that needed to be more addressed and in the process what happened was that uh, post the white paper release we did see a slight change of stance i mean if you track the media coverages with the fm whenever this question was popped up to anyone in the government the question was uh, we are looking at all possibilities uh, we are keeping the door open i mean future technology and you had those middle path kind of statements coming answers that are not really answers exactly but yeah. gives you a sense of body language that okay maybe it's not the february thing anymore that was giving us indicators and pointers that maybe that alternative narrative that we have put on the table with answers that can address those concerns uh, is moving the government in that direction and pose that of course uh, if you look at her statements now in the floor of the house that makes it amply clear that look that's not the bill we are looking at but although we have taken the essence of it so that i mean i'm not junking the old bill literally but i'm taking it but there are bits and pieces which might be forward looking i mean that's the direction of thought as it stands right today. So, with with that in mind, actually, since you mentioned the white paper and since you mentioned engaging with the industry, this is something that I've actually been curious about. What has the sort of Indian state or regulatory bodies' engagement with the industry been like? Has there been a sort of consulting of stakeholders? Does it feel like there has been conversations with people within the industry, or is this one of those things where they're like, "We believe that this is what it should be," and you'll sort of toe the line? I'm very, very curious. as to how that sort of engagement between industry and regulators has been over the last year or so well you have touched upon a question which an advocacy guy always keeps it secret but uh, <laughs> i mean for the benefit but for the benefit of listeners i think one of the things that is important to understand here is that in in advocacy there are two three ways of reaching out to your stakeholder uh, it may or may not be direct what we chose right. was we realized that there was a bit of a stigma in the initial days of 
government actually touching crypto uh, and having any kind of formal conversation. And that was primarily driven by the fact that uh, nobody knew which direction this conversation was going. And therefore, nobody wanted to be seen as photo- being photographed with a, uh, with a crowd which, which the direction of thought was not clear on. Uh, sure. and, and and apart from that, of course, uh, the fact was that they themselves did not have clarity of direction in the beginning days because of the various complications that existed in the sector. And therefore, nobody had a clear-cut answer. And and that's why we tried to be the filler there to say that, okay, there needs to be more uh, narrative put on the table, more narrative coming out in public domain, which which is more comforting from a government standpoint to read rather than the industry standpoint because the industry would obviously be biased and 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 for the government uh, again if you look at the aspects of the way they normally engage uh, it it is that if you come as industry and talk to us you are selfish uh, if your industry group represents you then you are less selfish and if the market speaks and more neutral people begin to speak then it is it is something to look at and therefore right. we we chose that narrative of trying to fill that marketplace uh, media uh, direct representations to regulators and government with that kind of a narrative to say that okay hey guys uh, look at it I mean here's an alternative narrative and here is a middle path available which addresses your concerns if not fully but at least I'm 80% there and the remainder 20% we can walk together and if you can't get an answer we'll wait for the day we get an answer but let's not stop the remainder of it I mean that's the direction of thought we took and we as indiatech.org were having these conversations Industry, we were representing industry because they, we do have some members from this industry as our members. But right. largely, we represent uh, founders, startups, and investors in the Indian ecosystem. So more more looking for for a, a kind of an approach which says, okay, can India create this ecosystem? Uh, and it was more throwing narratives like, oh, we had that, uh, we had the back office boom, then we had the tech boom, we have the developer community. Now here is the next shot India can take. Uh, are we right. missing out somewhere? And and that I think those narratives help in catching their attention and getting into a conversation mode. Do you think there's space, like say a TRA had done with net neutrality? Do you think there's space at all for a public consultation on this? Well, uh, the net was a much larger animal, right? I mean, in a right. sense that it was touching the lives of many uh, to uh, blockchain and crypto, which will touch, but not in that direct sense. Right. Uh, I mean, it, there'll be underlying technologies of blockchain, there'll be crypto and so on. But but the net was a much, I mean, as the net was, I mean, you lay the net over the whole whole globe is getting connected yeah. to, to that. So I think that had a social angle to it, which is why probably that, that did work. I'm not saying it won't work here, but I'm saying that this is slightly complicated and therefore needs sure. more heads into it. So the other thing that's come up uh, in conversation, especially around the bill and a lot of debate that I've seen, and I think it, it's fair, is just also about the way crypto and exchanges advertise themselves and put them forward. I think this year has been the single largest leap forward for crypto advertising that I've seen, uh, for sure. And this is as true as it is. Um, crypto ads were all over the World Cup and the IPL. Uh, today, even in Formula One, on a lot of the cars, etc. You see crypto.com advertise, etc. So... How do you feel sort of about the regulation of crypto advertising? Because one of the points that has come up is that uh, in the same way that today, whether it's with mutual funds or anything, you have a lot of real estate that says at the end of that, you know, mutual funds are subject to market risk, because the offer talking carefully before investing. Do you feel like crypto advertising needs to move in that space or there needs to be some sort of, I don't want to use the word leash, but at least like sort of guardrails around crypto advertising? Because this is something that is reaching out very directly 
through these apps to retail investors and especially young investors and people who might be investing some of their first money. Like I know for a fact that um, two of our producers, like Kashyap is on this call right now. He's young and he's enthusiastic and he's very bullish on crypto. So what do you think like is the future of crypto advertising and marketing towards people in terms of responsibility? Well, every industry has gone through this cycle, right? I mean, the reason why you have an Advertising Standards Council of India is because there was a need and and, and the complaints didn't come from consumers alone. It came even mm-hmm. from competitors saying, look, that guy's, uh, I mean, bad-mouthing me or showing me in a bad light or he's claiming uh, products that can do wonders. Uh, uh, I mean, you have all those kind of gadgets which claim that, okay, if you wear this, this will happen and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, advertising uh, had two dimensions to it and every industry has gone through this grind and today the rest of the industry looks seems to look like responsible is because there is a code which they adhere to and follow and every new industry which keeps coming in is newbie in the game and therefore hasn't gone through that grind or hasn't felt the repercussions of a consumer backlash or a or a competitor backlash and therefore I mean, uh, I did work in the direct selling guidelines as well because that was another area which was disruptive and yet people were claiming sure. anything and everything, right? People were claiming that, look, yesterday I was going in a cycle rickshaw and today I'm taking my wife to a holiday in Switzerland. Yeah. That, that was quick and easy money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and therefore, once you do that, I mean, the, the because of the deposit scams that we have seen in the 80s, and 70s and 80s, you had the price sheets and money circulation scheme, which empowered even a local uh, uh, constable to come and arrest the MD because he was the guy who will always run away, leaving his manager behind. I mean, we have seen that in movies and all. So uh, the the challenge, therefore, is that this sector is again a budding new sector. We saw that mm-hmm. with online gaming now, which has now st- struck a deal with uh, the Advertising Standards Council, and they have now, I would say, come up with a code uh, right. and see that ad. Uh, due diligence coming in. That doesn't exist for this sector. And True. therefore, everybody is targeting the consumer and in their own innovative way. And in the process somewhere, they forget that marketing is one thing and rule of the land and compliance and uh, uh, codes are other things. So somewhere when that mismatch happens, you do have people. Therefore, seem somebody, I mean, the whole world seems to be rallying, saying, okay, these guys are now advertising stuff. Uh, that's because these guys didn't come under that code and and by the way now the industry wants to have a code and wants to have responsibility so i think this is a matter of transition which every industry has gone through this is no different but i guess because of the uh, the market being divided into the pro and anti crypto i mean you have uh, somebody now getting a stick to beat you around to say hey you guys are advertising beyond and it it drives the attention of the government as well uh, because it involves money uh, and 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 therefore becomes more sensitive I believe that the finance minister during question hour also mentioned that while there's no steps to be taken for banning, the RBI and the S- and SBI need to get involved like in sort of spreading awareness. Um, what, what sort of role do you think they could take in terms of leadership and guidance uh, for the industry here? Or at least if not for the industry, for say investors and retail investors, um, do you think there's a huge role for like say the RBI or SEBI to play in terms of um, creating awareness also? Well, uh, it does require significant awareness. Uh, it requires significant capacity building, including both amongst consumers as well as regulators, as well mm-hmm. as government. Because I think you are embracing a new technology which people know looks like, walks like, talks like this. Everybody is touching 
the same elephant and saying, "Oh, this is a pillar, this is a rope, and so on." So beautiful. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how that's how people are interpreting it. I keep coming across somebody was telling me, "Oh, I know what crypto is. It's like you enter a Diwali mela, and 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 then once you are inside that uh, environment, you only that guy's tokens work inside in all the shorts." Sure. So, so I mean, you have people explaining in different manners, and that's 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 true. That's that's kind of uh, demonstration of a fact that there's an industry which needs to be understood more. Uh, but at the same time, uh, responsible uh, advertising and stuff. RBI is, I mean, RBI is owner for certain pieces in it. SEBI is owner right. in certain pieces in it. The Ministry of IT is owner in certain pieces. The Corporate mm-hmm. Affairs would be owner in certain pieces. So there are different owners for this sitting because of the different regulations that this encompasses. Sure. And therefore, my take is that responsible advertising, like you said, I mean, it's like as if you had one of those candies and you just blurted out mutual funds, uh, the the final one that happens. Um, because yeah. you really need a speed of the tongue to speak that out. Uh, it, I mean, it reminded me of a candy ad which has the same kind of thing. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. G blah 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 kinds of things. So, yeah. uh, so, so you you need to have those things in place. But at the end of the day, I mean, people rush through that part the most. Yes. Uh, I would say that industry needs to. Uh, actually spend time on ads as well, which educate the consumer on what you are dealing with, how you are dealing with, and and what this entails. Uh, of course, they do need to invest in ads which attract consumers to their platform as well. But of course. sometimes I think, uh, if you see today, the investment is largely, as you said, millennials. Uh, yeah. Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 towns, people are investing. And therefore, uh, education is a must. I mean, people are right now, most of the people who invest would be saying that, okay, I mean, people are making money out of it and this is the future, let me invest. May, right. Most of the millennials would say, I mean, uh, mom and dad then generation has gone on gold. I don't value gold. I'm valuing this. So this is a new gold for them. So right. obviously, education capacity building is fundamental. Industry needs to invest. Government needs to step in and make people aware of it. And it has to be a collaborative effort, I would say. In this Sure. Time. We're in conversation with Ramesh Kailasam about the future of cryptocurrency in India in context of the new bill. We're taking a short break now, but we will be right back after this. And we're back on a show about crypto where we are in conversation with Mr. Ramesh Kailasam of India Tech about the future of cryptocurrency in India, especially in context of the new crypto bill. So the other the other question that I have is that since you mentioned, right, there are different currencies, like the RBI has some part of it, the IT ministry has some part of it, and you have all these millennial investors. And usually what happens with investing is nobody cares until uh, the pendulum swings the other way, right? Uh, and we suddenly get into issues of who's liable for this loss or for this scam. So do you believe that existing regulatory frameworks are enough? Or since you mentioned there are so many stakeholders, are we potentially looking at the formation of a new statutory body for this? Well, uh, when I said there are different stakeholders involved, see what happens is today, this is a investment class that we are moving towards, right? I mean, uh, fundamental thing that we have been drilling from day one when we put this alternative narrative in the table in the market was to say, you are you're checking out because people call it currency. Let's not mm-hmm. accord it the status of a currency. Let's accord it the status of an asset class which can borrow regulations from how stocks are being treated, how gold is being treated, how any current asset would be treated, which is not in the nature of cash. And and therefore, then the answer lies uh, in the fact that the moment you give this status, uh, you have to borrow regulations which are already written. So your homework actually comes down uh, compared to reinventing a no act. Uh, 
because you just have to borrow characteristics and, and right. disclosure norms. Uh, where, and also the treatment of taxation then falls in place. Sure. But then the question comes in is, uh, there is IT Act because this involves IT, which will have certain uh, repercussions because what happens when I am putting my username, password, and what happens when I give it to a third party? What? How do I deal with brokers? Who are in custody? Right. Where is the data located? What are the data standards that are being followed? Some some bit of IT Act would come into play, cybersecurity and so on. When right. it comes to RBI, it would be largely around the fact to say that, look, uh, we have the FEMA rules, the FERA rules, the LRS regulations, how they are being circumvented or what is the concept? I mean, do I bring the concept of an authorized dealer? All of that would right. be RBI. The right. behavior of the exchanges may come with SEBI. The corporate right. affairs would say that, okay, if a company in India is holding crypto, how do they disclose it? How do they value it? The accounting right. standards, are they specifying these? Currently, they are not. But they do specify how a stock is to be valued on 31st March versus sure. the day of your AGM and so on. So, therefore, there are different dimensions to it. And my answer to that is you can create a new regulator or you can create a committee of regulators or you can create an interministerial group which will be chaired by one person where all these elements, when they come in for discussion, those guys, their roles become important. Got it. So, now the, the, the last thing that I want to sort of circle down to is um, at this point, from what I can tell, and I'm, I'm sorry if this is the wrong assumption, is that the government seems to be okay and or bullish about the idea of this as a tradable asset, but they are significantly more wary about its sort of idea as legal tender. And and what, what do you feel about that? And do you feel like we're still many, many years away from, or do you feel like the route here is, okay, let them see it as a tradable asset first and we get to the legal tender part of it later? Yeah, so we started this journey saying let's live to see another day, right? Rather than uh, right. than than going down the old honorable kind of uh, death route. So 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 therefore, uh, if you look at mature economies and if you look at forward-looking economies, Japan, South Korea, US, UK, Australia, all of them have actually regulated it and not given right. it a legal tender status. Right. They've given it a status of a property or an asset or a commodity and so on. Uh, Countries which have not had the greatest of financial systems and the greatest of tech uh, interventions have jumped in to say, okay, let me give it a... And, and who, whose own currency was not doing great, jumped into the legal tender route. So sure. you will have two countries, two different kinds of countries around the world who will be in either of this category. And for a country like India, I think we have had phenomenal fintech penetration and fintech revolution thanks to startups and other innovative ideas that came in today you have UPI and so on you don't have see this kind of thing even in developed economies right. so I think from a from an economic standpoint the hunger to have a digital way of transacting has been taken care of for us as a population True. so therefore we don't have a pressing need to see crypto as a legal tender tomorrow but it could be a good thing that we shouldn't be missing out on technologies we shouldn't be mixing out on experimentation innovation nor should we be missing out on holding on to an asset, uh, which right. could become an investment class like gold in the future. Uh, right. and, and, and I derive that from a research standpoint. I mean, if you do a research on the web on this, you find that countries like China, countries like US, the countries hold crypto. Yes. They yes. are holding cryptocurrencies. You have large global corporations holding it. You, you have big names in the global uh, community like Elon Musk and others holding on. Yeah. To yeah. Now, years later, when we say, okay, we take a myopic view and say, no, no, this is dangerous. We'll not touch it. And after some years, the world starts saying, okay, 
uh, gold reserves, we'll also have crypto reserves. I mean, mm-hmm. let's assume they start talking that language. Or tomorrow, you have countries like China and US holding large reserves and then dictating on how the inventory will move right. because they will hold it. I think we shouldn't be missing out on that as a country. True. Uh, and and that too, we are now a, we are claiming to be a forward-looking, uh, fast-paced economy. I think we shouldn't be missing out on that investment class. Overall then, just before I let you go, overall then, what is your sentiment? Are you optimistic? Are you are you cautious? Are you wary? How are you feeling well, about this? I would say, I mean, considering the discussions I've had so long, so far with various stakeholders, formal and informal, uh, I'm optimistic and cautious. Uh, optimistic from a sense that at least we have managed to move their thought process from a band to a middle ground. Sure. Uh, cautious to the extent that we still don't have answers to a lot of things. And we as uh-huh. industry need to dig more to give those comfort answers because sure. the misuse potential does exist. Sure. Uh, and and we have to give more comfort on how to uh, reduce that misuse. I mean, misuse sure. does exist even in cash economy. I mean, if somebody says that, look, this is being used to do for uh, whether it's for terrorism or drugs, I mean, yeah. cash is also being used for it. Uh, sure. Gold is also being used for it. You have not banned cash, you have not banned gold. So uh, obviously, uh, we need to ring fence. And that ring fencing hasn't been uh, for the misuse scenario yet established to the extent that we have a comfort level saying this is the ideal regulation. But the world is evolving. We all are working towards this. You have organizations like FATF now coming with guidances and so on. So I, I think we are in a unique place as India to now create possibly a set of regulations which is optimistic, open-ended, yet secures those areas where misuse potential exists. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. Um, It has put my mind at ease about a lot of things and I'm sure it'll do the same for the listeners as well. Thank you, Mr. Kailasam, for your time. And um, let's hope a lot of what you said today comes to fruition over the next couple of years. Fingers crossed, all of us waiting and watching. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.